Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Welcome to JG Sports episode 15. It's it's Rome Braves versus the Greenville Drive. It is. This episode we're going to finish up our trip to uh, North Carolina. We've just left Mini Charlotte. Green Monster! <laughs> we just left Charlotte at this point. Yeah, Greenville is one of the affiliates of the, uh, the uh, Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of planned this one deliberately. I saw that there was a streetcar. We'd just been to the streetcar museum in D.C. a couple of weeks before. Whee! So I planned a place where we could park, we could walk through, it was called Falls Park on the Reedy. So we walked through the park, there was a suspension bridge, uh, there was some falls, it was kind of pretty, and from there we walked through downtown Greenville, and what did we see before we got to the stadium? Uh, There was something I really wanted to see. Shoeless Joe Jackson's house. Shoeless Joe Jackson's house, actually. Museum? And museum. Castle Library, Yeah. Now, I guess we'd forgotten then, actually. On the way to this, we actually stopped off at his uh, gravesite as well. I'd visited 20 years ago, couldn't remember where it was, went to the house, uh, went to the uh, the office, and the guy's like, follow me. He drove around, showed us where it was, and uh, got to see it. Um, anything you can remember about his gravesite? Um, there was a bunch of baseballs and, like, coins. Yeah. And I also gave baseball you did i asked him if you wanted to put anything down there because i knew you'd been to uh other baseball players grave sites so you said you wanted like to give ray him a... chapman ray chapman yeah i couldn't remember his name <laughs> when he was in cleveland i can remember his name that's why i said other players yeah so you did that oh, yeah, I had former some... president was buried there too uh in cleveland yeah at that same group mm-hmm. so um yeah i had some quarters so we left some quarters um and um yeah it, it was nice to see um i'd forgotten that his wife was buried next to him as well so and i'd forgotten how far away from the road it was i thought it was right next to the road in my head i thought it was in totally the opposite direction so i kind of got that messed up um i did know ahead of time though we could not go into the the house or the museum as it is now because it's closed um, they're currently doing renovations i think it said i was like that's kind of too bad um yeah we took some pictures on the outside um, I wrote down from the sign. I took pictures of the signs, JJ, so I can give you a little bit more. Um, it says, Shoeless Joe Jackson House. This house, built in 1940, was originally three miles southwest at East Wilburn Avenue. It was the last home of Joseph Jefferson Wofford Shoeless Joe Jackson. I didn't know those middle names at all. Uh, one of the greatest natural hitters in, in the history of baseball. Jackson, born in Pickens County, moved to Greenville as a boy, and he worked at the Brandon Mill, joined the Mill baseball team as a teenager, and was a star long before he made the major leagues in 1908. Now, before I get to the back of the sign, I actually watched a video last night. We knew that it had been moved three miles. They'd actually moved it 100 yards two years ago as well. So they were building some... All the apartments that we saw next to it were not there two years ago. So the person who bought that area moved the whole Shoeless Joe house so they could build the apartments, and they were finished by the time. easy to move. It was not easy. They had to lift it up. It's 100 yards. It's heavy. It's heavy, though. Trying to move a house that's already built into the ground. It was, that was not that would not be easy to do. The video I watched was 19 like minutes, Like, bringing it over to, like, oh, 100 th- yards would be easy. Oh, compared to the three miles. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. 
Um, I actually talked about the fact that he was... It would be probably like at the corner of the street. That's where it was. That's exactly what it was. Before, it was further down the street, kind of where the train lines were, where we crossed there. Oh, that's my interpretation of what I can remember of the site. Um, It said that actually he played for different mill teams later. He was so good that um, he'd play for other teams because they'd pay him to play for uh, to play for them. So he did that. Um, in 1911, his first full season, Jackson batted 408. He played for the Philadelphia A's, the Cleveland Naps, and the Chicago White Sox. He had a lifetime average of 356, and he helped the White Sox win the 1917 World Series. But he and seven teammates were banned from baseball for fixing the 1990 Series. The house where Jackson died in 1951 was moved here in 2006 and opened as a museum in 2008. And one of the things I also forgot that I listened to on that video was the fact that the courts actually cleared him. They said he was innocent. And the baseball commissioner was like, don't care, you're all banned from baseball. So, yeah, that side of the story I'd kind of forgot. I I don't place any blame on Shoeless Joe at all. I knew that there was lots of special circumstances, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, Um, from there we kind of walked around. We went into the team store. We did actually buy something from the team store as well. A A foam cloth. No, no, we did not. Not yeah, in Greenville. No, we didn't. Oh, yeah. That was Durham. That's coming up later. That's actually Baltimore, the claw. All right, well, I guess it isn't that important no. to you then. No, it was I the uh, minor league baseball. I know, I know, Dad. The minor league baseball stamp book. Passport. Whatever it is. Um, I found it online. We actually paid more than we should have done. If you'd bought them online, they're like $5 cheaper. Oh, well, never mind. Can be used at any game, any place throughout minor league baseball. The perfect companion to the MLB ballpark passport. So you get one for major league baseball as well, JJ. Uh, the Can MI... we get one out of Baltimore, Dad? Um, we can try in the, th- in the shop today to see if they have one, yes. We're going to the Baltimore Orioles versus the Angels. We are, and next well, that'll be next week's episode, because we also went to the Rangers game this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the ballpark is great for season ticket holder, or for the fan that only attends a few games a season. Uh, it says it has complete listings of all teams and stadiums, includes a new map showing the location of all 160 MILB teams. And there used to be a lot more than that. I know they downsize a little bit. Um, there's a vinyl pouch where you can put your tickets as well, and you can validate the game you're attending on game day page. Um, and that's what you did. You kind of got a stamp like you would do in the library in the old days, and then you could fill in the details. Can you remember any other things you can put on your page for that day? Like the attendance, mm-hmm. the yep. teams, and like the score. Yeah. Like um, also the starting pitchers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could put the current temperature as well. Um, the attendance was huge for this game. Four thousand two hundred and seventy-three. Um, there was a special night though. Can you remember what the promotion was? One dollar Pepsi product. One dollar. They were pretty small, but even so, if you bought several of them, it was better value than what it would normally would be. Uh, Two dollar domestic beers and three dollar craft beers, and um, yeah, great value. In fact, the greatest value I thought the ticket prices weren't very expensive either. I think being in South Carolina, a lot of things are a lot cheaper than what they are near like the DC cars area. are like two cents. Houses are like 40 cents each. No. Oh I think you must have read something about when Shoeless Joe was around, perhaps. No. Um, it was an $18 family pack, four hot dogs, four medium sodas, so bigger than the ones you got for the dollar one, and a massive box of popcorn. $18. I think that's a really, really good deal. So I was really impressed with the stadium. I liked on the posts they had pictures of um, the old Greenville teams. Uh, they had something called the 500 Club, where they had all the Red Sox hitters who had hit 500 home runs as well. Uh, oh, there yeah. was a lot of nice little touches. Oh, I actually forgot. There was one more thing we did before we even went into the stadium. There was a statue. 
Shoeless Joe Jackson statue, obviously. I think the stadium is, is it Floor Field? I think that's how you pronounce it. It's yeah. like flower in French, but F-L-U-O-R. Floor? I think that's how you pronounce it. F-L-O-U-R. No, that would be flower. It's U-O. It's O-U. I can guarantee it's not because I looked at the pictures. No, it's not. That would be flower. I looked at the Flower Field. I looked at the pictures last night, so I can guarantee you it's F L U O R. Alright. It might be pronounced flower, but it's spelled F L U O R, that's for sure. No. Oh you. Alright, so already mentioned, yeah, the attendance four thousand. There was a lot of people there. I was really impressed for it wasn't a particularly busy night, like a Thursday night. Like you don't expect a lot of people to be there, but yeah, it was uh, it was packed. Alright, do you wanna tell us about the game? I think you got the scorecard there. Oh, this was from June thirtieth. I did. I did forget to mention that part. This was a close game. This was an exciting game to watch. In the third inning, they both scored one run. Uh huh. And I fifth. And I fourth inning, thy Rome Braves scored thy two runs. Why? Is that because it's Rome? No. Oh, you said you wanted to go to Rome earlier today, so you meant Rome, Georgia. Then I guess. Okay, we yeah. can do that. I thought you meant Rome, Italy to begin with, but yeah. yes, I did. We'll just do Rome, Georgia I didn't. Instead. No, Rome, Italy, because there's some ancient ruins. With... There's some ancient ruin with a bunch of cats. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in Rome for sure. <clears throat> All right, so it's uh, three and to one. Seventh it's inning, three one going into the thy drive scored thy three runs. Um, they did, which made the final score four to three. Um, can you remember? Can you remember Seven anything about the leading runs. room? Can you remember Seven. anything about the leading hit that was important? No. Home run. Big Joe. Two home runs. Yeah, there was two home runs. There was one hit to tie it, I think. And Ham then, runs. And then uh, Big Joe came up. We, we, he was standing near to us because we were kind of like above a dugout, but it wasn't a dugout. But we were near the dugout. We were near where the um, the tunnel was for the players. So we, uh, Big Joe went out. Um, I guess when it wasn't when they were out on the field, I don't know if he went to the bathroom. Don't know what he did. But then he came in and he kind of just stood there and he was watching. He was talking to a few people, and um, yeah. So I took a picture of him. And um, if your name is Big Joe. You kind of know that somebody's got a lot of power in him. And um, sure enough, yeah, he hit the home run and took the win. If it wasn't for the Normans, we would be calling it a ham run. We would? Is that what they called home? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, we actually left in the... The um, Anglo-Saxons called We left in, I think it was the bottom of the eighth, um, because we had a, we had another travel day. We were going to Asheville Cram. the next day. And we had to get one. We also were worried about like what happens on that streetcar. Like if four thousand people are all leaving at the same time, sure, not all of them are taking the streetcar, but we might not be able to get on. So we got onto the streetcar. Actually, we timed it perfectly. I was like, "Should we go?" And then, sure enough, we had to kind of we had to run, but I don't think it was going to go anyway. I wasn't sure like if how long they waited. They waited a couple of minutes. Die back. Um, we went straight to the back. Um, any thoughts on the streetcar? Yeah, you could stick your hands out. You weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> well, you could hold on to the bar on the outside. You could hold on to the rail, sure. And that's how you would hold your hand back. Oh, okay. All right. But it also, was... you could stand up, too. You could if you wanted to. Yeah, it was a fun way of traveling. Um, it was free. They um, took us back to where the the parking lot was. And, um, yeah, it worked out pretty good, actually. So, that was... Uh... And Dad had to climb on a, on a light to get to the car. I had to climb on a what? A light. A light? Yeah, remember? No, I have no idea what no, you're talking about. Like, the concrete part that holds in the, like, the tall lights that light the streets dead. Because you, you had to climb over um, one of those prickly bushes. 
Oh, okay, I see what you... Well, I could have squeezed through. Oh, you're a little smaller than me. I had shorts on. I didn't want to risk getting um, some of the some of those holly um, pricks in my leg or anything. So, yeah, I just stepped onto the... When you say climbed on top of a light, I think you meant, like, where the light itself was. <laughs> yeah, on the base of the light. Okay. That would be hard. Well, exactly. That's why I'm like, no, I don't remember doing that at all. Um, oh, we saw the mascot, too. We saw the mascot almost, like, first inning. I can't remember his name or anything right now, though. I didn't write it down. I just suddenly realized I didn't have it. Bam Hunter. No, that was the previous game. I know. That was the previous game. Um, I did see, actually, while I was looking for games coming in the future, the Honey Hunters Bam. are actually coming up to the York Revolution in about two weeks' time. I see the York Revolution. Um, I have a game planned for the York Revolution coming up soon. Because I know you wanted Hunter. to do some baseball bingo as well, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I already have... baseball bingo? You get like a bingo card and it says things like a single, um, a catch, uh, an error, um, I don't know, a home oh, run. Yeah. And on then you cross them off and if you make a line you get bingo and then you win a prize. On special occasions, um, at the Orioles Stadium, Dad, mm -hmm. the E will flash and the H will also flash. It will, on the sun, yeah. Oh, if they hit, get to the um, e World Series, I want to see see them dead because the they're series, probably going to flash up the e and also the h too <laughs> they might do we'll talk about more about baltimore though in the following week now we actually switched the segments around jj because i wanted to finish off all the north carolina stuff this week so normally we would do what things we talked about this week and then we'd do our first review i actually wanted to do it the other way around this week and you'll see why in a second <laughs> So this isn't really a full game review because, well, you can tell us why. So next day we went to the Asheville Taurus, which you were really excited to see because you wanted to see the bear. Right we didn't get a bear, but you got I got you a stuffed bear from Chimney Rock uh, Mountain when we were in North Carolina on the way to the game. So um, we got into the stadium. So why, did, why are we not doing a review for this? Right down there! Um, almost as soon as we got in, we were just about to go find our seats and it started raining and people were rushing out and I was like, oh, we need to go. Luckily, there was a lot of cover. So we found somewhere where there was some cover. Kind and of... there was also water dripping from the ceiling. There was a little bit. But and you... I was drinking well, you some were... of... Jeez. You realize <laughs> that could have come off like, it could have been dirt on the roof <laughs> and it runs through the dirt and then you're getting dirt straight in your mouth. Um, you found ways to entertain yourself. You didn't have to do that. You could have just stayed in the dry if you wanted to. Um, and I was concerned about this one. I was like, perhaps we should just take pictures and go. And you were like, no, let's go. All you guys were like, let's go. I'm like, all right, we'll go in. The only thing that was the saving grace for this was, I think tickets were about $9 each, $10 each. But it was also dollar hot dog night. So I was like, at the very least, like... Dollar dogs. If, if, if it is that, like, we can get some food in for a dollar and we'll be, we'll be good. Um, yeah, so we didn't really get to see. We saw the mascot straight away. Uh, Mr. Moon, I think it was. And then Got Ted some pictures e. of him. And Ted E as well, who had a massive umbrella. I think that's one they normally have on the, the picnic tables. But he was carrying that round. Anyway, we kind of waited for about an hour for this one. And, um, yeah, it never started. And actually, you could see the water rushing through. It was crazy. Um, they called the Dude. game. Do not go in the street there. <laughs> they, yeah, my my shoes got soaked. Um, they called the game. Like it was just flooding on the street. We gave our tickets to a guy who was near to us. Because he jokingly said, oh, can I get one of those hot dogs? They look really good. And we're like, go ahead. We ordered like 10 hot dogs. And he's like, no, nah, I was just joking. He's like, I already had loads earlier. And anyway, so I said, well, perhaps we can't give you a hot dog, but we can give you a, a ticket. So we gave him the ticket so they could use them at another time. 
um, yeah, I got I walked around the inside of the stadium, took lots of pictures, and um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't get to see a game, but a nice stadium. Um, I didn't think it really looked over a hundred years old, to be honest, JJ. I was expecting something much older. Renovations. I guess so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but. Yeah, so game got called off after an hour. Um, I ran back to the car, so only one of us would get wet. And then I came and picked... You guys waited outside the stadium under a, an overhang, so you didn't get wet. And then came and picked you up. So we didn't get to see that game. So, segment two, things we talked about this week. I guess we talked about the weather. So, I think you're going to do the first stat for us, JJ. I looked up some uh, weather-related stats. So, go ahead. Hmm. Tell us about the longest rain delay in MLB history. Oh, is it a few months? Or something like that? It's right there in front of you. I thought it was a few months. No, not a few months. I uh, guess technically there was one... There was can, I guess it was, there was a game that went on that long. There was a... The rain, the rain came in and then they came back a few days later and or a few months later and finished the game off because we talked about that one. Um, I guess this might just be in a single game then, okay? Or on a single day. Hosting the Rangers, the Whites... Do you want to tell us how long it was first? The longest rain delay in seven hours, 23 minutes. Uh-huh. In August 12th, 1999. No, it says 1990, and it's in Chicago. Hosting the Rangers, the White Sox waited the long before finally postponing the Sunday afternoon game with a without a pitch being thrown. Roughly 500 fans remained in the stand when the Game was finally called off at 8.58 p.m. <laughs> That's a long wait. So I'm guessing it's like a 1.35 game from what I can tell. If I'm, doing, yeah. I'm trying to do the math there quick. Said the White Sox owner, Jerry. Reinsdorf. My hand hurts because I'm holding my body. The weather man kept saying I'd stop. It'd stop. It would stop. Yeah, so um, I guess they just carried on. And can you imagine waiting seven hours and then not seeing the game at all? I think most people would have left earlier. But everyone who left, they didn't get their money back because the game actually happened. Oh, no, they did finally postpone, so they'd get a rain check. But uh, what a waste of a day. Um, to the showers, six MLB rainouts is the most in a day since 2018 from the Associated Press. That was this year, JJ, May 6th. Um, it says the last time there were a half dozen games called off because of the weather was April 15th, 2018, when snow, sleet, wind and rain conspired to close ballparks. Those were the most since September 12th, 2008, when there were also six games cancelled. Uh, Hurricane Ike battering the Gulf Coast contributed to these uh, postponements. So, yeah, typically the most games you'll get on the day is like 15. So, yeah, there's six rain outs, so no rain at all. And the craziest one I looked up, I was like, I wonder what's the most number of consecutive rainouts somebody's got. All right, we've got to go back a long way for this one, though, JJ. This is from the... 1909? That's, that's what I... Like, before the dinosaurs were... No, it's not. We're yeah. alive. No, it's not. You know that's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. Come on, tell us about Literally this one, 20... August 18th, 1909. The Philadelphia Phillies endured the 10th consecutive rainout. <laughs> That's pretty unlucky. So they didn't play a game in 10 days. Every single game was raining. 2011 down. is the cave times, too. Yes. This rainy day was in Philadelphia, but the team had just returned from the Western, from a Western trip that began in St. Louis, moved to Cincinnati, and then to Pittsburgh. Now, in inverted commas, it says Western, because St. Louis was as far west as they used to go in about 1909. But obviously now we know there's teams in L.A. and places like that. 
Two separate storms were apparently responsible for the remarkable streak of bad weather luck. The first storm was an unusually was an unusual late summer cyclone that affected the midsection of the country near the end of the first week of August. The second storm may have been a tropical storm that de- redeveloped off the coast of the Carolinas in Virginia near the middle of the month. So it's not unusual to get a rain delay, but then normally it carries on. But to get rain cancellations is a lot more rare, and to have 10 in a row is absolutely uh, ridiculous. Now, we forgot last week, JJ, we forgot to do a baseball card, so I gave you two this week. I can't remember who the first one was, but the second one was Frank Robinson, so I was like, that seems like a more obvious one to go for. So what do you you know then about Frank Robinson? What does it well, say on your card? He played 21 seasons. He played for a long time. Is he a current player? Mm, nope. Nope. You got any other stats for me? He has... He's had 1,812 RBIs. Uh, that's kind of a lot, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Now, he played from 1956 to 1976. He played for Cincinnati. Then he went to Baltimore. He played a season in for the L.A. Dodgers, uh, California Angels for a season. Uh, oh, sorry, two seasons with the California Angels. And then he finished his career in Cleveland. He won, actually, a couple of MVP awards, JJ. So 1961, age 25, he won an MVP. And 1966, he also won an MVP. Uh, he was often featured in the top ten of those candidates. He was uh, he won R- Rookie of the Year in 1956. And also on there as well, he was he made many All-Star teams as well. Now, I said I knew him as a manager, because I said he was the first manager of the Washington Nationals. What I didn't realize was, though, he had a few more teams in there. Uh, In the 70s, he was with Cleveland. In the 80s, he was with San Francisco. Uh, Baltimore, the end of the 80s and early 90s, I didn't actually know that at all. Um, He then took 10 years out, and then at age 66, came back to manage the Montreal Expos. That's how he became the Nationals manager, JJ. Montreal Expos moved to Washington, and um, yeah, he stayed for two seasons. Uh, he had an even record his first year, 500, and then second year dropped to 71 and 91, and then he retired in 2006, age 70. Um, in 1975, oh, he wound down his playing career with the Indians. Uh, he became the first black manager to manage an American or National League club from the start of a season. And he also managed the Giants, Orioles, Expos, and Nationals. I mentioned that one. And he was American League Manager of the Year in 1989. Uh, He was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1982, and he passed away on February 7th, 2019. Now, I'm trying to remember, didn't they have his number retired as well at the Orioles? Remember the numbers outside the stadium? I think Frank Robinson was one of those. 20, yes. Yep, yep, so we saw that one earlier. There was 20 and then 22 as well. What's 22? Oh, that might be Jim Palmer, possibly. Um, It's one of those 70s pitches, but I'm not too sure. But yeah, we um, it was funny because had... I I pick your cards out at random. I don't even look. There's like a box of random Orioles cards. And I just picked like... one up. And so it you just, just reach into was... the bottom of the box so you don't see any card down. Well, no, they're all stood up. I just put my hand in the middle oh. and then grab one. It just happened. It was Frank Robinson, and we'd kind of seen Frank Robinson this week, so it kind of worked out pretty good. So he's had ten thousand and six at bats. Ten thousand. It has a lot. Obviously, when you've been playing for that long, then that's going to make a big difference. So, has he only um, had seventy-two? 
on triples in 21 Triples seasons. are harder. Triples are a lot harder. Like, um, home runs are much easier. Like, I didn't know he had as many... 586 home runs. I had no idea he had anything even close to that. If you'd have asked me, I would have guessed, like, 300. I would have guessed, like, half that number. I didn't realize he was as dominant as that. Do you see how many walks he had in his career as well? 1,420. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. But, yeah, he played 2,808 games, and he had 11,000 plate appearances. So, yeah, he had a long, long season. What are G's? Games. Okay. 2,808. 2,808, correct, yeah. So that card obviously came out after his career had finished, so this was uh, his career finished in 76. All right, It's our runs. Our is runs, yes. He's had eight. He's had 18. 129 runs. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. All right, updates time. Coppin State, first of all. Now, we actually went to Coppin State um, campus this week, JJ. While we were at the Orioles, we had a chance to go and look in the morning. We got to see the uh, Fanny Coppin uh, statue that just we talked about in an earlier episode that we got put up in, like, February. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about the campus? I'm going to do the stats this week, but I thought you could do the campus. Uh, well, they had a softball field, a football field. Because uh, we thought it was a baseball a field of, to begin with, didn't we? A and bunch we like, of be a bunch of buildings. Yeah, we're like, why do they play at a different? And then we were, oh, it must be softball, and it was. We checked on the map and later. Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of buildings. Mm -hmm. There was lots of places. Field and softball field, and that's it. There was lots of places with signs though, where you could take. Pictures oh yeah, I saw and a logos. subway. A subway? Yeah. They have a subway <laughs> oh, on campus. I thought you meant like an underground railroad to begin with. They have an okay. on-campus subway. They do. If you're on campus and you're hungry, what are you going to do? You Get need pizza. To... <laughs> well, no, I meant what are you going to do? You're going to need somewhere to go. So that's why they have a subway on there. Um, where was your favorite place to visit then? What was your favorite thing? I know what you said on Wednesday, but it might have changed since then. Okay, you like the fountains, you said, when I asked you at the time. You said you enjoyed watching the fountains and just kind of sitting and relaxing for a little bit. Yeah, um, I was interested in the, the middle area where there was the painted trees. Now, I'm not sure if that was the, uh, I think it's sororities. Like, we don't really have those in English, so I'm not really sure. Um, but they kind of looked really interesting. They had, like, everything was, like, painted in specific colors, and you could see, like, the Greek letters on there. Um, I thought that part was interesting. Um, players. A lot of these players' names you're going to hear from previous episodes, because I can't find stats for everybody, JJ. Um, player of the week, though, as far as I'm concerned, is Torrin Smith. Uh, July 6th against Jeunesse, he went uh, three at-bats, three runs, two hits, a home run, three RBIs, so that was a pretty impressive game. Mm -hmm. And his team actually won pretty easily that day, 16-6. to six. Uh, Corin Miley also on June 6th against the Mariners, not those Mariners. Uh, team won 8-4. to four. So yeah. are they the affiliate of the Mariners? <laughs> no, Mariners. I don't think so. Um, it, they won 8-4. to four. Uh, In four at-bats, he had two hits and also had a walk so he got on base three times in five at bats essentially so 600 uh, on base percentage for that game and uh, Rashad Ruff I saw picked up the win on July 7th against the Madison Mallards uh, final score was 11 to 9 Rashad came in for the last two innings uh, only gave up one hit three strikeouts and uh, took the win. Now, we were impressed with how many people attended the um, the Greenville game, JJ. I saw how many people attended the Green Bay game. 4,731. The game was on four hours as well. 4,700. That's pretty impressive. I was impressed at some of the size of these uh, attendances. 
Um, I don't think I told you yet. You know how many people were at the last Orioles game that we went to? No. Because we said there wasn't many, right? Yeah. 7,500. So these teams are getting pretty close to the Orioles. I, I think that's more that that's bad for the Orioles than it's good for these teams. But hey, that's the way that it goes. All right, Orioles updates, JJ. You've had a good week right here. Go on, tell us some of those results, buddy. Mm, so they won against Minnesota, Texas, 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 Los Angeles, Los Angeles. So they won all those games. All right. Yes. So I guess I'm reading it then. Uh, seven to six, a final in ten innings, and then ten to nine, also a final in ten innings against Texas. And then the game we were at, they won two to one. And then Los Angeles four to one, five to four. The score's not up from Saturday, but they did win on Saturday as well. I want to say it was two to one, but I'm not sure. So they're currently on a seven-game win streak, JJ. All right, who they got coming up? Hey, Dad, they have good attendances. They had 27,000 on that last game. Well, that Angels game, they were giving out free hats. So that's why a lot of people went. But that made How about that Minnesota game? Um, That had 24,000. That was at Minnesota. Oh. But it was a Sunday game. So Sunday games sometimes get more people because not everyone's working. What even is Minnesota? Twins. Oh, yeah. The Twin Cities. You might not even realize why it was called the Twins. Uh, no. Minnesota and uh, St. Paul are really close to each other, so they're like right next to each other, so they call them the Twin Cities. All right, who they got coming up then? Obviously, the Los Angeles Angels today Chicago, as well. Chicago, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. And with that being Chicago, I'm assuming that's They're all the... hanging around. Actually, I think that's... I don't know. Yeah. They're all about $19 for those tickets. They are, if you can get to them. Yeah, all away games, so... The most expensive one is Tampa Bay. Which uh-huh. is $20. Oh, that's a Sunday, so there's probably a promotion. Sometimes they give bobbleheads out on Sundays. So that might explain why they're more expensive. It's All one. Right. It's one. It's at one forty. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of unusual. It's normally like one I'm, I don't know. Uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, the July 3rd Sunday game. Uh, career strikeouts for Wells. Uh, seven strikeouts, six innings, uh, one earned run. And um, after Saturday's game, JJ, the Orioles now are only two games under five hundred. Uh, they're within four and a half games of second place in the AL East. And they're only three and a half games out of the wild card right now. Um, also on Saturday, Kramer went five innings, two hits, no earned runs, and seven strikeouts. What is the strikeouts. wild card, Dad? What is what? The wild card. The wild card, that's the qualification into the playoffs. That means you didn't win the division, but you still make the playoffs. And uh, Kramer is somebody we'll talk about in the next episode as well. Um, also, I saw from the report they are winning in ways not witnessed under manager Brandon Hyde and the Elias regime, riding their first seven-game winning streak since August 23rd, 2017. So that's pretty impressive. And I also wanted to share a few stats about some Angels players, JJ. The highest slugging percentage with runners in scoring position in the last 50 years, number one, Shohei Atani. Well, 621. Not obviously. His next ob- Mike Trout second with well, 660. Not obviously. Mark McGuire third, 615. Well, In the obviously. last 50 years, there's been some pretty big players. And the lowest slugging percentage allowed as a pitcher with runners in scoring position in the last 50 years, the lowest is? Shohei. Shohei Otani as well. 201. So he's got the highest slugging with runners in uh, runners in scoring position as a batter, and the lowest slugging percentage allowed as a pitcher with runners in scoring. So yeah, obviously those teams are pretty impressive. El Red Sox. The um, Angels. One day, I think it was the Thursday game. Um, they went three. Uh, sorry, Friday game. They went uh, three for five with a home run. Both of them, Otani and Trout, and they still lost that game. <laughs> All right, Red Sox. A uh, bit of a tough week, JJ. El Red Sox. <laughs> Come on, tell us some scores. 
They won four to zero against Tampa Bay, uh-huh. and then they lost against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, New York, New York. Yeah, they lost the last two to Tampa, and they lost the last two to Holy. New York. What's not listed on there, though, JJ, mom. is the Saturday game, which they beat New York. It went to extra innings with it being 3-3. New York scored two in the top of the 10th, and then the Red Sox scored three in the bottom of the 10th, and then the final score was 6-5 Red Sox. So the Red Sox did actually get a win with it. All right, who's the Red Sox got coming up this week? Holy which two teams? Tampa Bay and New York. And they're all on the road as well. Four so. Tampa Bay in three New So, as you said, there was a lot of oh, L's there. And these were all at Fenway, so we'll have to see what happened. Uh, Chris Sale rehabbed at Worcester. Um, not a great performance. It was talked about more Dead. the fact that he destroyed the clubhouse afterwards because he was kind of upset. He was throwing things around. He's bought them a new television, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> All right, this week in baseball, just one thing, JJ, because we've got still got one more game to talk about as well. Um, the All-Star game, um, you do voting on it. It's been announced who actually got the uh, wins for this one. Um, I'm going to do the American League, and I'll let you do the National League. Uh, first base, Vlad Guerrero Jr. from the Blue Jays. Second base, Jose Altuve of the Astros. Third base, there's actually a tie. Uh, Jose Ramirez and... Um, I'm not sure. I think Jose Ramirez got the nod in the end. Uh, shortstop Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. Outfielders are going to be Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Byron Buxton. And the designated hitter, um, I, but it says on here that it's um, uh, Jordan Alvarez. I actually thought um, I thought Shohei Atani was going to be the designated hitter. Perhaps I got that wrong then. And it looks like the starting pitcher might be Justin Verlander, but I'm not sure if that's confirmed. All right, do you want to tell us about National League starters then? I'm happy that Manny Machado's the third, the third base one. Okay. According Go to ahead, the tell National us. League. Tell us. The tell National us League is... Um, so the National League catcher is Wilson Con- Contreras. Um, the first baseman is um Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Goldschmidt mm-hmm. of the Cardinals. Tommy Edmond for second base. Of the third Cardinals base, well. Manny Machado's... Padres. And... Shortstop, um, Dance B Swanson of the Braves, uh, and outfield, outfield tie, Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. um, and Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, and I'm not sure who the third one's going to be because of the tie in the votes. They might have already decided. Designated that. hitter Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. and starting pitcher Sandy Alcantara. Of the Marlins. Now, that's somebody who I don't I don't really follow the Marlins, to be honest, JJ. Um, I saw a stat that showed how good he was this season. I was like, oh, shoot, I can see why he's um, starting for the um, All-Star team. Uh, here's some of his results, JJ. Um, I think this is from May 16th onwards. May 16th, eight innings pitched, one run. May 22nd, nine innings pitched, uh, three runs. That's unusual to go a full game now because you normally get the closer in. May 28th, eight innings, one run. Uh, June 2nd against San Francisco, seven innings, no runs. Uh, Washington, complete game, no runs. Uh, Philadelphia, six innings, two runs. New York Mets, eight innings, two runs. New York Mets, six innings, five runs. Nine innings against St. Louis, only three runs. And then six, uh, eight innings against the Los Angeles Angels and no runs. Um, his ERA right now, I think it says is 1.8 or 1.9 or something. So he's um, giving up less than two runs a game on average. And he's getting deep into games. It's not... Normally, when you read uh, pitcher stats out, they're not going seven, eight, nine innings every game. And this guy, I think that's his short. 
40 stout in seven innings. So I can see why Alcantara is uh, really good. It's somebody I need to probably watch um, a little bit more, I think. Um, what did I put for this one? Oh, well, there was one other story I wanted. I wasn't going to do any other stories, JJ. Um, but I saw this one, and I thought you'd be impressed with this one. Um, as we talked about um, a single A affiliate, the Red Sox, here's another one. The Portland Sea Dogs. They played the Binghamton Rumble Ponies uh, Thursday, July 7th. Do you want to make a guess how many runs they got in the first inning? Nine? Eleven. I don't think I've ever seen anyone get double digits in a single inning before. Um, they then got two in the second, three in the third. So they were winning 16 to zero after three innings. Uh, final score was 16 to one. And uh, Kisena took the loss in this game. I shouldn't laugh, that's mean. Uh, he had one third of an Lucy inning. The starting pitcher for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. A third of an inning. He gave up seven earned runs. And then they pulled him at that point. Two home runs. Um, so, yeah, the pitcher didn't even make it. He didn't even not just make it out of the first inning. He only got one out in total. So I saw that score and I was like, woof, I think you'll be impressed with that one. Let's finish off our North Carolina trip then. Durham Bulls. Uh, it was Stars versus Stripes. So how come the Durham Bulls weren't involved in this one, JJ? I don't know. Who was the Stars and who was the Stripes? Um, the Collegiates. It's Team USA Collegiate. They have a 50-person squad right now, so they have two teams of 25. Um, they'd already played a few games. Uh, the Stars had won the first game 7-0. Uh, they won the second one 4-1. One of them was at the training uh, camp in North Carolina. One was actually at Durham. We went to this game. It, we also, it appealed to us because it was an early start. I think it was like a 5.05 start, which meant we could stay and watch the whole game and still drive home and get home just before midnight. Um, what we didn't realise was it was only supposed to be a seven-inning game. Um, you want to tell us what you remember about this stadium and things that happened in the stadium before we get to the game details? Mm. Nothing. I got a phone finger. <laughs> you got a phone finger. I said. And could, a fan. You've been asking for a long time, so I was like, sure. You can <gasps> get one with the Durham Bulls logo on. And I think they were on offer a little bit as well. I don't think they were too bad. Uh, you got a, um, They were giving out fans with some sort of sponsorship on. But actually, we didn't need them. Where we were stood, they had huge fans under the roof, and they were really powerful. So I think but we I still okay. needed the fan. It was hot that day. I remember my worry was it said it's going to feel like 96, and I was like, oh, boy. Uh, thankfully, they put us in the side that was in the shade. So, um, um, yeah, it was it was okay. Um, any mascots? Eagle. Let's call him Eagle Nick. Eagle face, because we don't know his name. <laughs> we don't know his name. The eagle from Team USA was there. Eagle yeah. make eagle What about face. the main mascot? The best mascot in the world, as it said on the... Uh, Durham Bull. Yeah, do you remember his name? No. Nope. <laughs> Wooly Bull. Wooly Bull. Yeah, Wooly Bull was Wooly there. Bull. So we got pictures with him, Wooly and um, we took video of him driving around his... Um, Go-kart? Yeah, 4x4, four four, whatever it was. Uh, Eight, uh, ATV? Eight, yeah. And a go-kart. Anything else you remember about this one? I don't think we even... I'm trying to remember if we even had food at this one. Zach For some reason, I don't Agnes. remember getting... I, we didn't get food. I don't know why we didn't get food. Because we went to McDonald's after the game. So, I don't know if we'd had like a late lunch or something. I don't remember. Um, oh, I know what happened. We went to Chipotle. Because um, you went to a water park in the afternoon. And then, yeah, we just never got around to it. Um, we also knew for this game, once it had finished, that kids could run the bases, which has been something you've been dying to Autographs! Woo! And autographs with the players. And I was like, hey, that's The person be... I was dying to get an autograph from was Zach Agnes. Yeah, because we recognized him And his from... average is zero. 
What do you mean his average? No, he wasn't. Oh, look at this, Dad. Perhaps in that game it was, but not overall. His average isn't zero, I don't think. Well, we'll find that out in a second. Oh, perhaps you're right. Perhaps, perhaps for this game. I think this was just for one game. Uh, this might have been his first game as well, actually, JJ. So that might be the reason why. Because they're not playing each one. Oh, he only... Okay, he only had two at-bats. <laughs> we'll cut him a bit of slack. <laughs> and actually, in this whole... Well, let's get to the game then. So it was actually... After seven innings, the score was zero to zero. That's how tight the game was. There was only nine hits given out in total. Now, can you remember how this game finished then? Because you don't, you normally you just keep playing forever and ever, right? Sudden death? Yeah, they had sudden death. So I took this from uh, usabaseball.com. Uh, it says, in what was designated as a seven-inning contest, the pitching dominated during regulation, and um, the eighth inning was played under international tiebreaker rules. Base runners are placed on first and second with no outs. All cool. of the baseball rules of baseball will remain in effect. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of interesting to see what was going on straight away because they immediately showed bunt. So they were like, we need to get somebody in to score. So if we can give up a runner and then have runners on second and third, that's a good tactic. Now, it didn't work out because I don't think they managed to get the bunt down. Um, after the Stars put the first tally on the scoreboard with a out, Jacob out, Gonzalez sack fly in the top of the frame... The Stripes were able to do them one better in their half of the inning as an RBI ground out by Johan Morales and a bases loaded walk to Jake Geloff gave them a 2-1 walk-off victory. So yeah, in the end it was a bases loaded walk that finished the game. And uh, Star uh, Stripes sorry, took the win and actually that was their only win, JJ. The next day they lost 7-0 and then the day after that they lost 6-3. Uh, to three. The last game on July 4th was actually at Truist Park. Do you recognise that name? No. Charlotte. That was where the uh, that was where the Charlotte Knights played. So I know you didn't get to. How am I supposed to know? Plus you were supposed. We're in Charlotte. To... You were supposed. We're to in Charlotte, me. and we talked about Truist Park. That's why. You were supposed to bring me to see a game. You went to Carowinds, and you were quite happy going to Carowinds. And you just said how much fun you had at the uh, Honey Hunters game. So you. But I didn't see get to the Charlotte everything. Knights. We didn't have time to do everything. So mm. well, next time I'll tell I'm mommy not to take. Neck. I'll tell her not to take you to Carowinds, and then you can just do a baseball game instead. I think you had more. No, fun I want to go to Carowinds. Exactly, and that's why you. And then the next, and then we can stay an extra day so we can go see a baseball game. We had to get back for this one because we were got. We had your deal at the Orioles, which we'll talk about next uh, episode. So, um, anything about the Maybe autographs? Just... While you after you do, do, you want to talk about your running the base experience since it was your first time? Mm, I got to have my Mr. Eagle McEagle face. <laughs> yeah, the mascots were there. They normally are. And then, yeah, all 50 players were pretty much lined up. I thought you could only get one autograph, but they were like, no, no you can get as many as you like. Uh, you weren't really that bothered about that. You were more interested in getting high fives from people. Um, yeah, kind of had to wait a little bit, but that was fine. I think you got about five autographs. We did talk to uh, Zach a little bit. Um, because we saw on the scoreboard initially that he was um, from this area, actually. He actually went to the... Battlefield High School. Yeah. Um, I thought Mason said Patriot High School to begin with, but I got it mixed up. So, um, yeah, we talked to him a little bit. We mentioned that we'd seen him in the NCAA tournament, and um, we were impressed with uh, East Carolina University. We actually yeah. saw a sign for the Pirates. Pirates baseball as we were driving to the game. I'd kind of forgotten about that. Let's one. go, Pirates! <laughs> now, I didn't tell you this. We're kind of wrapping up here, JJ, but actually, today at the Orioles, one of the promotions is run the bases. <gasps> and for this one, the one in Durham, you had to be 12 or under, so Mason couldn't do it. But the one at the Orioles is 14 and under, so uh, Mason will be able to do this one if you want to run the bases, Woo! of course. Yes. I figured at a major. I need park. to do it at the Orioles. I need to do it at Camden Yards. I figured you'd probably want to do that. I also watch batting practice. 
We'll talk about that next episode. We t I said Orioles talk next time. All right. Um, am I playing the intro then? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, like I it. am. I am. You said I was. Dad, it's called an outro. This is beeping. Gone. <laughs>